Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but it's mostly just the stuff we like. Although we do self-identify and somewhat brag about ourselves as idiots, we want to set the record straight that we are, in fact, idiots with some degree of culture. Granted, that culture might also be akin to mold. But in our best effort to prove this to you, people of the interwebs, we plunked ourselves down and read through three, count them, three books. And we'll be bringing a world-renowned expert on the subject of those books with which to describe our literary findings. Of course, us being us and this show being this show, said books had to have something to do with geekery. So join us now for this episode 124, a little something we're calling Thrawn with the Wind, part two. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is... Ugh, I just, like, I had so much spit. It was like St. Bernard levels again. I was like a... It's like a mastiff here. I was just going to start drooling down my shirt. Oh, Anyways, my gosh. Take two. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is able to identify weaknesses in his enemies solely by sifting through their trash. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and could best be described as a tactical raccoon. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing all right, aside from almost drowning myself during the intro. I will say you can learn much about your enemies in their trash. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I now know everything about them. <laughs> and they, 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 they like never to run it. the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> they don't like to finish their scrambled eggs, but they are still quite delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to be uh, talking about the second Thrawn trilogy, uh, book trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And uh, we'll be joined by none other then esteemed star wars expert guru guru um addict one might even say uh mr jimmy dice of the scruffy looking podcasters show so we are uh we'll be welcoming him a little bit later a full disclosure this show is totally being frankenstein together well, we're recording this <laughs> Part of the say, show. Do do we want to open up that that can of worms on on how oh, we ended up in this stage? <laughs> why not? Uh, so we we recorded the meat of the show because it, of course having a third person involved, there's additional scheduling issues. Uh, not to mention my own COVID recovery. And then we all three logged in to find out that all three of us were hungover, which was even better. So when you listen to the middle of this show, just know those three individuals are hurting hurting individuals um but anyways so we are recording our our beginning of the show our week in geek and the outro of the show on a completely different actually a week to the day from Mm -hmm. when we recorded the main part of the show indeed so there you have it behind the scenes a view behind the curtain not that anybody actually cares um 
But how are you doing, sir? You, as usual, had some culinary adventures. Ah, yes, I did. I did. Uh, you, you know, we haven't done a health update recently, and and I am I am running on all cylinders. Uh, I uh, I had some blood work done Friday, and cholesterol is in fine fine shape. Uh, probably teetering toward the lower end of uh, like almost my 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 low that I was able to hit at one point. Uh, so so doing very well. Which which means when I fill you in on what I had Friday night, you'll you'll understand why I work that in there. Yeah. Um, and, and let me just t- tell you, folks, I got a picture of this and it is debauchery on a like on a, like meat debauchery <laughs> on That's, a massive scale. Yeah. <laughs> it's the superstar destroyer of steaks. <laughs> I just I just imagine you after this meal, just laying laying back in your chair, shirt half open, belt buckle wide open. Just. Ah! <laughs> Oh my god. Actually, I I wasn't actually that Actually, stuff. that's exactly what I looked like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um my wife and I went to uh our our uh local uh you know, restaurant that we we Your we local have feeding a, trough, we we know. The place that we we we've gotten to know the staff there, the owners. It's it's just kind of like our little home away from home when we go mm-hmm. for uh go for a meal. And so they had a Valentine's uh, Day menu running o- over the weekend and so we wanted to kind of sample. They had some things on there that they didn't you know, they've never really had before and so wanted to go and have those. And so for dinner, I uh, had a nice appetizer of uh some deviled eggs uh, done BLT style so they were very good. You want your deviled eggs, man? Where did, I've never seen deviled Protein. eggs on any menu anywhere Protein. and yet you find them everywhere. I don't get it. <laughs> Thankfully it's a staple out here. Apparently <laughs> in Chicago it's like deviled eggs. Why wouldn't you have them on the menu? <laughs> New England? What the hell are deviled eggs? <laughs> It's the pure. It's the Puritans. That's the problem. It's oh. the freaking Puritans. They're like, you can't have a devil eggs. It's sinful. <laughs> the word devil is in the name. Cast out the demons. Oh my gosh! Let's slip the dogs of war. <laughs> Satan, come out. So then we get to my dinner, which There's tambourine and some snakes. It's anyway. It's, anyway I'm sorry, we're going way off. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're really running with that devil thing. Um, I, well, so, I you know I, I listened to some Van Halen earlier. Oh, there you go, there you go. So uh, we get to the main course, and they had a uh, wagyu tom- uh, tomahawk ribeye. Um, here, here's the funny part, which I don't know. Which if is they've... roughly the size of like an elephant ear. <laughs> Which I don't know if this came across in the picture. Two I sent people you last had night. to bring it out from this from the kitchen just by itself. <laughs> it's kind of like in the beginning of the Flintstones when they bring the ribeye out and drop it in the car, and the car like flips over. So well, I was thinking more like Macho Man Randy Savage when he was the Macho King and he had the people carrying him out. <laughs> That's what I was imagining. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I don't know if this came through in the picture I sent you last night, but this uh, this entree is labeled for two. Of course it is. Of course it is. So I had I had a, a moment of 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 moral conscience here of saying, do I really order this because of what this may and 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 our waiter who who we we know very well and he's a re, you know funny guy. I said, all right, now don't. Ju-, I said the the phrase "don't judge me" probably three or four times that evening. <laughs> so, <laughs> and only three and only two of them that he actually remembers. <laughs> All right, so I had to go find my phone so I could look at this. Oh, dear sweet God, would you look at that? Mm-hmm. 
That is, that looks like a family style meal. Like that looks like all the dishes that you would set down at the table and like a family of four would start, would start making their portions out of, and that all sat down in front of you and you're like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> let the hate or let the meat flow through you. Um, Do it. So you, you could choose uh, out of uh, f- uh, four sauces. So I chose the hollandaise uh, is what I had on it. It was phenomenal. And then I then three sides, which, of course, I wasn't planning on eating them all. I just was going to, you know, pick at them and mainly focus on 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 the meat. Literally, um, literally like five pounds of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I know because I make mashed potatoes quite a bit. That is like that is not like one or two mashed potatoes. No. That is several large russet potatoes. So, uh, yeah. So the the sides that were available that, that I picked out were a honey roasted carrots. Um, now, not in your picture. I did get the baby spinach saute. And then yeah. I, I think what I got was the roasted garlic mash. Now, I originally asked for mushroom. Uh, they had a sauteed mushroom blend. And they unfortunately gave me the garlic mash. So, but they, and the thing is, with, like, with the was, spinach, it was phenomenal. Most of the time when you like they you go to a restaurant and they plop down the potatoes, it's almost you can go to some restaurants and they do it with like the ice cream scoop, like back when like you were in you're in school and they used to plop it down on the tray. This looks like they yeah. had to use a snow shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I was just guys, grateful they cut it up for me. So the guy's got like a weight belt to make sure that he doesn't like pull something when he's like <laughs> <laughs> So, sir, uh, that was my uh, that that was my meal, and and I I will send you the uh, I did take a picture of the aftermath uh, where where all that was left was the bone because I did I did somehow finish the entire steak. Um, it was it, it was very good, very good, uh, oh my and um, my my wife had a little bit of the of the uh, mashed potatoes, uh, but I put away the potatoes and the uh, spinach and brought the carrots home. So. She only got the mashed potatoes because Tim got up to go have a pee. That's the only way she got to him. Otherwise, she didn't want to get into his kill zone. <laughs> Good God. So it was a very lovely evening. Had a couple of bourbons. Had some uh, high, of course west, had a couple high, of high west bourbon. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was very nice. Yeah, well, that's lovely. So uh, on Friday, I was out and about as well. Very nice. Which is a, a little bit unusual for actually no wait it wasn't Friday it was last night my gosh <laughs> this are, is what are happens you hung when over you, again <laughs> this is what happens when you get older folks um, but we went out to a, a joint in Portland Maine uh, called Scales in case mm-hmm. uh, anyone's wondering and they're traveling to the Portland Maine area lovely place it, my my wife's uh, favorite place to go in Portland because it has valet parking. Uh, because parking ah. in Portland, Maine is a fracking nightmare. It is, it is just. I love, I love Portland. It can be such a fun town. Lots of cool stuff going on. But when it comes to parking, strictly JV, like it is so just. The parking is stupid expensive and mm-hmm. not available. <clears throat> so to have valet parking is really nice. So we went there with a couple friends, and. You know, I was I I I had uh, you know a cup of soup for an appetizer, and then I had my I actually I chose to have the burger mostly because I really wasn't that hungry and for two every uh, no it was just for one (laughs) the double double jeez (laughs) and so I uh, I I I thought I was just gonna have that because I'm like okay that's you know because I was I I I was gonna do it the man they call Tim style no bun. 
So I had Very that. Nice. It's actually really good. They actually seasoned the burger, which is one of those. Oh. I mean, I don't know why pe- why people don't do this. Like, it is one of those things that now, like in my cooking, I so appreciate like actually seasoning things and having that taste and not being afraid of putting seasonings on food. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, my wife, on the other hand, went like just full throttle. She had like you know. Because we were friends, so she wanted, oh, you need to try this, you need to try this. Oh, so we'll get this, we'll get this, we'll get this. And she, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just going, and I'm just looking at her. And she's like, what? I'm like, I'm just admiring your courage and determination right now. Like, <laughs> you are fully committed, and I'm yeah. just, I just want to see how this all shakes out. Oh, boy. Um, but so I, I did, I did feel bad, though, because I felt like I, I kind of whiskey-splained a little bit. Um. So we, so, well, here's the thing. And I, so we had gone to, uh, we got, we got downtown early. We went to a, we were trying to find a place to have a cocktail beforehand. And we went into a a hotel. I won't say which hotel, uh, that had a bar like across the street. Mm. Nothing sadder than a friggin' hotel bar on Saturday. (laughs) Just (laughs) depressing. Um, oh boy! And I, I saw they had Angel's Envy, so I, oh, I've never tried that before. Let ah, me have, let me have an Angel's Envy neat. Got the bill. I'm like, well, that was a twenty dollar uh, single. Oh yeah, and and it's like it's like forty five dollars a bottle. So I paid for half of a bottle for you know like a, a pour that like they did it out of the little the little cup thing, the little mm-hmm. measuring cup. Yeah, and then she gave me a little splash extra. I'm like, ooh, oh. You but call you know, me bougie. Jeez, that was ridiculous. So then we go over to the we go over to the restaurant, and I I thought, okay, I'm just having one anyways because I had one at the bar. I'm gonna have one here. So I I decided to spring. I, I got a Blanton's, uh, which is a, a ah, nice, nice single barrel uh, bourbon. That was only a dollar more <laughs> than wow. the Angel's Envy. That seems out of proportion. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so then my my wife was said, "Oh, I'll take a Blanton's on the rocks." I'm like, "No, yeah, yeah, no, ah, yeah." It's like, no, you can't get a Blanton's on the rocks. I'm like that's single mm. barrel, like premium bourbon, and it's a lot of money. I'm like, if you want to get something on the rocks, why don't you just get Knob Creek? So she yeah. got Knob Creek on the rock, and a- afterwards I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to like whiskey splain or gatekeep here, but it just, I, it, you're not gonna like, uh, you're not gonna get the actual taste out of it. I yeah. was like, you can try some of mine and see if you actually like it. Yeah. But anyways, yep. so a very nice evening was had, and then finished up the, uh, finished up my meal with a strawberry frap. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't say what I had for. De- I actually did have. Of dessert, course, you by had. Dessert. Oh, my God. <laughs> This just reminds me of like the great outdoors. You remember that movie where John yes. Candy eats like yes. the ninety-six ounce steak, and then he's like, "Hey, will you throw in a couple t-shirts for the kids if I get a couple desserts down them?" <laughs> That's you. That's Pretty you. Much. You're John Candy. I would totally be Dan Aykroyd in that. Like, yeah, feed him oh, some more. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I what I, did what you I, have for dessert? It is called a chocolate silk tart. So it was a little, uh, almost like a mini, oh like chocolate pie in a way, but it's a very smooth <sighs> and. Uh, wonderfully tasting chocolate pie so so does your wife just bring a little red wagon just to pull you home in after these excursions <laughs> no <laughs> just, just well, legs jet your legs and arms is dragging like, <laughs> i do have to share though that you know to, to 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 bring this whole story around and 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 get into the week and geek here which which i think you'll you'll find uh humorous we got the bill oh boy 
And on that steak, it says market priced. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, so this is probably going to be like 120, you know. I usually don't see that on steak. It's usually like seafood that does that. Exactly right. That's that's normally where I see it too is on that. Um, so I'm thinking like somewhere between 120 and 140. Uh-huh. Two bills. Oh! I was like, whole, and so you figure that and the bourbon, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, good night. <laughs> now, wait a minute. The steak was, wait a minute. The 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 steak dinner, the the because it's for two. It was 200 for the steak dinner by itself? Yes. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with your heart. I think mine just skipped a couple beats. Jeez. I, oh. my 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 eyes bugged out of my head a little bit and i was like holy moly but good thing you had a couple bourbons at that point and the fact is you softened the blow so you couldn't have gotten up to chase the manager down anyways (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) so anyways that 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 was kind of the uh the the cap on the night was just like wow well i guess i'm an expensive date of sorts (laughs) well i already knew that i'm a cheap date (laughs) Uh, but All right, very so, good. good food, so good times. What do we have in the week and geek before we turn this into just more of us talking about food? Food and our and our uh, <laughs> the ways that we uh, go go crazy. Week in geek. Feels so funky. So what I did was I, I pulled together just a couple, just two items, um, Star Wars focus, since we are talking Thrawn uh, in this show. Yes, indeed. And uh, and one of them pertaining to this. Uh, but uh, first one is, uh, sorry, both of them are from ScreenRant.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, basically the first one is talking about how uh, the Mandalorian Season 3 is teasing a dark Imperial secret. In the trailer. And uh, really the gist of the article is talking about um, basically, uh, sorry, where is his name? Uh, I mean, I, I, I can't find his name. Who? If, could you just, oh, Gideon. There it is, Gideon. Sorry, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, basically talking about on that man's name. Moff Gideon's uh, tie to the Night of a Thousand Tears. So we're probably going to see how he will have a very direct hand in all of this. Um, mm-hmm. Article talks about how this is probably how he ended up with the Darksaber once the, the massacre. And so for those who aren't aware, the Night of a Thousand Tears, as was explained in season two. Oh, no, is that Book of Boba Fett or season two? I forget. No, it was season two. It was season two. Um, is basically this the the Empire carried out this massacre on on the uh, home world uh, Mandalore of the Mandalorians, and so many of them were purged, were killed, and there was a small group that escaped and and went into exile, and so. Uh, so the article is talking about how that may come out um, with his, you know, him having a direct tie to that event and and what plays from that. But also, and this was the interesting thing, is that Mandalore um, may end up being a refuge for the remnants of the Empire um, and that that may co- be revealed in season three. They're saying in the trailer you saw, um, you know, there was a little bit of a dogfight happening on what we believe was Mandalore between some TIE interceptors and um, and I believe Bo-Katan's ship. And, uh, and so basically saying like they're like 
Gideon may be using Mandalore because it is decimated because no one's probably living there as as this kind of home base for um, for those remnants of the Empire. Um, so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. I don't know if it's going to be a focal point of uh, this season because there there's a lot of other things I know that they're going to be delving into, but it would be an interesting turn to have uh, the Empire basically housing themselves on on a planet that they themselves were directly responsible for for decimating um and and using that as as almost like a base of operation um while that while in hiding so um so anyway so i thought that was interesting i, th- I like the tie-in of gideon as well in this article and and you know the dark saber piece um that they also get into uh you know bo katan you know again kind of keeping with the dark theme of what could come in season three bo katan wanting to um contest uh with uh, the Mandalorian, um, you, you know, fight him for for the dark saber to to kind of cement her claim to to power and and to trying to lead, um, basically, uh, you know, b- basically lead the remnant of 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 the Mandalorians forward. Um, so yeah, so so just an interesting article all around. Um, thought thought it was kind of a, a, a cool concept, and um, but I'm curious if if they will. Um, you know, re- really pursue that or not. Um, one little detail before I turn it over to Uncle Todd to talk about this is um, they, they do acknowledge, of course, that Gideon is now in the uh, uh, incarcerated with the New Republic. And we did see the Mandalorian or we thought we saw him on Coruscant. And so it could be that um, instead of, uh, you know, putting him through a pro- uh, trial and, and, and sentencing him, that they're also kind of using him as as information to kind of go pursue, you know, other uh, stranded elements of, of the Empire. So, um, and so we could see that maybe how he gets away or how he can, kind of escapes, you know, uh, going through that, that process. So anyways, all that being said, sir, uh, what are your thoughts? Dang, I can't wait for this season to start. <laughs> I am so excited. Some good stuff, man. Some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, that, that's that is like such a great idea in terms of like where you would hide. Where are you going to hide? Well, hey, about how about this planet that we absolutely glassed that nobody is going to really mm-hmm. be doing a whole lot with? Sounds like a perfect place to hide. Um, I think that the idea of of Moff Gideon being, you know, held by the New Republic, and then maybe maybe it's the, the idea of. You know, Mando or Bo-Katan busting him out, and mm-hmm. I, I love all the I love the amount of possibilities that are contained for this season. Um, and even though, I mean, I I see I I know there's a lot of folks who were not exactly thrilled with Book of Boba Fett. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett way more than I enjoyed Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, not that I didn't enjoy the Kenobi show. I just liked book of Boba Fett better. You know, to me it was a, it was a more enjoyable overall series. I mean, yeah. Kenobi had a couple of really iconic moments, but aside from that, it was, it was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas to me, book of Boba Fett actually had some things happening, uh, throughout that kind of even it out. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Mando is the one thing that I, I feel like, not that they haven't not messed up because none of it's messed up. It's it's all great stuff to watch and and you know you're gonna like some stuff more than you like others. It's that's life. Um, but Mando to me is 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 such a still a compelling character, and the way that the gravity of that character that keeps 
all these other characters orbiting around him mm -hmm. is just fascinating to me and, yeah. and how all that's going to play out. Um, so yeah, I can't, I can't fracking wait, man. This is going to be great. Absolutely great. Have you, did you see, um, the cover of, I think it was empire magazine. They had a couple of covers with, uh, with Bo-Katan and Mando. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I saw those oh, my as gosh. I was thumbing through Twitter the other night. So yeah. So good. Oh, it does. So good. It does. And, and, and Oh, good. And I mean, uh, just on an aside, you know, you know, one of my, you know, acting binkies, it's just great to see Katie Sackhoff, you know, kind of just living the dream of, of mm. having this iconic character in a live action. It's really cool. Nice. And you can tell like I, her Instagram is a quality follow in case anyone's looking for another person to follow on Instagram. But just like when she's posting some of this stuff, you can just see how like giddy she is mm. and almost like how much like, oh, my gosh, I'm so playing with house money. Yeah. Sort, of, sort yeah. of vibe when she does these poses. It's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, and before we transition to the next thing, and, and I don't know if they're going to do it because I think there's, you know, as as we'll discuss later, most likely saving, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn's live debut for Ahsoka. But, yeah. you know, one of the tie-ins to Thrawn is, you know, him leading that Imperial Remnant. So it is it is kind of interesting to see or understand if we'll see him you know, and like kind of connecting with them in that way or um, or like we like you'll hear from us in a little bit if it'll end up being a a uh, Ahsoka debut. So mm. we will just like you said, there's just a lot of possibilities and in a lot of ways it could go. So it's uh, but 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 I do like the idea because we've you know, like even in the first Thrawn trilogy, you know, they're, they're just kind of like the, the remnant is kind of like out in space somewhere, just kind of like floating around, you know, and so the idea that they would, you know, kind of take a planet that might be you know uh abandoned or is abandoned and and you know kind of use that as as a way to kind of collect themselves is is uh just kind of interesting so mm. something Indeed. we haven't seen before no sir uh this next one's just kind of an interesting one it feels like this is you know something that someone wanted to just write about because i don't know that where this all came from but the on screenran.com the star wars fandom is being divided again because of thrawn and uh, basically just talking about this debate between whether thrawn is really a villain or not it just feels like more of an essay on how this person feels about it but uh, but basically, um, just talking about how when he was first introduced in the original trilogy, he very much came off as a villain. Um, and then uh, as as time went on and, um, you know, he was uh, let me see here. Where was it? Uh, yeah, so I think because I want to say you, you've seen Rebels. I'm watching Rebels right now. I'm not to the point of where Thrawn appears, but does he come across as a villain in that or is he? A little different. He's a villain, but yeah, it's it's one of those bad guys who you respect because mm -hmm. of how good they are at their job. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, if you were if you were going to take this into into wrestling sports entertainment uh, terms right now, yeah, Thrawn is kind of Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. Yeah, I, I think I even think Heyman might even be a, a better example because just he he gets reaction yeah and he's so good that fans can appreciate him while still disliking the character and like keeping it all sorted out because he's just that damn good at his job yeah and with thrawn i think it's a similar thing it, even though he is the antagonist he's the bad guy mm -hmm. 
in a way, there is a level of respect because, uh, of course, again, and I've said it a thousand times, I'll say it a thousand more times, <clears throat> but it's like one of the only competent imperial leaders that we've ever seen. Yeah. So it's just kind of nice to actually see like, oh, hey, here's someone who just doesn't poop their pants every single incident that happens. Yeah. You know, like you actually believe with a guy like this, like, OK, I can see how the Empire can take over the galaxy. Um. Right. But you you can still, you know, you buy him as the bad guy, but there is this level of kind of like, wow, okay, cool. Yeah, that's, you know, he, he's a cool bad guy in that he's really good at what he does. Yeah. So you appreciate that aspect of, of him being a worthy foe, I guess is maybe the way. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, like, and this is where I was getting kind of tripped up, where I, I think what they're, like, this article doesn't point directly at, at the sources when it when they make some of these statements, but it sounds like, after the original trilogy, and I don't know if this goes to, um, and you'll hear later on, uh, you know, Jimmy Dice kind of bring up some of these intermediate books between the first Thrawn trilogy and then this this trilogy we're, we're reviewing now. But there were some kind of one-off books that were written. Um, and I think that might be what they're referring to is that he ends up coming off as a bit more complex than most Imperials. Um, and, and what was interesting, and I do remember this group, so I, I don't know... I'll have to go back and see what, what book it is. I didn't, of course, do any any research, which is, you know, par for the course for me. Of course. Um, but in, in, I think in some of these books, there was a group called the Yuzan Vong. And I, I don't know if that was from Rebels or if that was from the books. But um, but later, I, I think, uh, you know, what this article kind of gets to is when we, and we'll get into it when we talk about this trilogy, is there there's a new, you know, there's kind of an, an extra, uh, as, as is stated in this article, an extra galactic invasion that is that is pending. And that is kind of the threat of, of the Grisks that we'll, we'll learn about in these books. So mm-hmm. it sounds like Zahn kind of took that. So I, I'm not entirely sure like where the Yuzon Vong came from and you know if it was in a video game if it was in a um, just you know some of those intermediate books between the 90s and the 2010s or or what it was but but basically saying that you know Zon has kind of taken a more nuanced approach with Thrawn um, where some fans can see you know maybe he's not as vicious or as villainous as um, most Imperials are Um, however you know, as he was portrayed in Rebels, he came across very much like a villain. And so the idea is when he comes back in Ahsoka, he most likely will be in an antagonist, you know, sort of position. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be very interesting. So, oh, yeah. Totally. Um, so, so I think, but, 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 you know, I think what I took from the article is just, I think Thrawn in a lot of ways, you know, if, if we compare to like Marvel or like you said, you know, with wrestling, like, you know, Reigns and Heyman is he's going to be a villain you're going to respect and look at differently than you've looked at other Imperial villains before because of the way that he is portrayed, the way that he, you know, conducts himself and, 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 you know, the way that he's just very cold and calculating and, and logic based as opposed to, you know, just anger and rage based which is what we've seen a lot from like vader and from you know palpatine to some degree so true so yeah so overall looking forward i mean you know again just pointing to you know more content upcoming this year with uh ahsoka and the debut of grand admiral thrawn indeed indeed all right and then uh lastly before we wrap this uh segment up uh we are t-minus 30 minutes from uh or 45 minutes from kickoff here uh we thought we would just throw in real quick some uh, idiotic uh, super bowl picks uh for this the kansas city chiefs versus philadelphia eagles throwdown uh happening shortly so sir uh what are your uh picks thoughts and uh how would you go with this one 
Uh, well, so here's the deal. I mean, it's it's. I, I've seen a couple of things on Twitter, Reddit, or wherever. I don't know. There's a couple of things. I mean, it, it seems like these two teams are so like by the numbers evenly matched. I mean, they're both 16 and three when you factor in their playoff record. Mm-hmm. They both have. I think they're scoring and and like it's just it boils down to the point where they have like they've got brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one, yeah. one brother on each team. Facing off. There you go. It's like, good God, what? What? How much more even can you make this? Um, I gotta say, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the Eagles on this one. Okay. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I've I believe I have not followed the NFL closely for any amount of time. I've not watched either of these teams play this year. Um, and I, okay, I guess this pretty much just breaks down to, I'd love to see Andy Reid get spanked by his old team. Um, <laughs> because the fact that that Philadelphia had as much talent back during the Andy Reid days as they did, and they never were able to win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. to me is just crazy. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand how, I mean, I don't understand how you have McNabb and you have all the players that they had and you, you come away empty-handed. Yeah, uh, especially with with the fact that I don't think the NFC was exactly chock a block full of of Titanic, you know, you know, teams that were all fighting for each other. I mean, they the, the Eagles kind of had this period of time where they were really the class of that that conference. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, Andy, I mean, hey, you know what? He got his Super Bowl last year. Good for him way too long and and you know if he actually understood clock management he probably would have two or three of them um i think that this one's going to go to the philadelphia eagles i think it's going to be because in the second half andy reed burns all his times out timeouts in like the third quarter mm-hmm. and can't stop the clock and you know i i don't i i just have a feeling it's going to come down to something like that and the eagles win so that's my pick philadelphia Points? eagles i no fracking idea dude i I didn't know we were going that deep into it. I, I, yeah, I figured, why not? Just throw a number out. Um, we're going to go with 35. Eagles 35, Kansas City 30. We're going to make this a bond burner. All right. Very nice. Uh, I, too, am going to go with the Eagles. Um not exactly. So I just want to congratulate Kansas City on their next <laughs> right yeah, now. Did do this la- actually last year it was San Fran and Cincinnati, I believe. And, no, and no, we- it was Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati and uh and San oh, wait. Fran. That's right. Yeah. Wait. No, think no, two, was, two years ago was Kansas. It wasn't no. San Fran. It wasn't San Fran. It was um it was it was uh LA. It was the Ram- it was the Rams. Was oh, it? was it? No, I thought it was here, let's look it up. <laughs> let's look it up. Uh, we're a couple of experts right here. Um, Hold on, I'm checking it out. Yeah, because it was the Rams, because Stafford was there. Wasn't it? Uh, actually, you are correct, sir. Okay, so... Yeah, you was year, San Fran, because yeah, Jimmy G ain't Rams, got himself a ring. Last year was Rams in Cincinnati. Two years ago was Tampa Bay beating Kansas City. That was when Brady won. And then three years ago was when Kansas City won their first one against okay. San Francisco. That, that's why I was confused, because I knew Kansas City won recently, and I thought... I thought, uh, and of course, Brady was in there somewhere. So, yeah. Uh, yes. So you are correct. That's right. Oh my gosh. This is, this is Casey, Casey's third in four years appearance. Oh, becoming as good as the Bills. Oof. <laughs> Dude, that Four Falls of Buffalo documentary. Oh. 
Yeah. It's it, it's a that is a mofo. That is like a gut punch. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm going to go Eagles as well, but I'm going to go 27-24. I think it's going to be a field goal uh, separation between the two. But okay. uh, but just going with them, I mean, you know, honestly, I'm not in with either of these teams too deeply in terms of, you know, fandom or, or you know, the players or anything like that. Um, I think to your point, you know, Kansas City's won most recently, so I, I try to go with the team that has, you know, been out of it the longest. But, of course, the last time the Eagles won was not too not that much longer ago, a little bit beyond that with uh, – uh, with uh, you know repeating uh, New England so um, but that was a great game that, that that was a game that you know we lost but at the same time it, it was it was such a defensive game it was not just defensive but defense and offense and it was just it was uh, just a uh, just a great game so um, so yeah, yeah so I'm I'm, I'm just uh, I'm t- tipping my cap to the Eagles on this one I think they're they've they've got a little bit more in the tank and uh, more more to give than the Chiefs and uh, yeah so as you said congratulations to Kansas City uh, you have been cursed by free range DC so yeah. congratulations on your win uh, <sighs> before I have to I mean this starts and that uh, my friends right. is the weekend week Nice. So we're going to dive into our uh, pre-recorded middle of the show here. The but meat. of course, we couldn't manage to pull this off smoothly, which is why we're telling you right ahead that this is this is Frankenstein together because we realized as, as or I shouldn't we the man who uh, the man called Tim is the one who realized this Monday after we recorded on Sunday. Like, hey, we really didn't get into a whole lot of background. We just went like straight in. And I was mm. like, yeah, that yeah, we did. So we're going to give a little bit, a bit of background on these books in case you're wondering. And uh, that way, when we dive into this discussion with Jimmy Dice, you might have a prayer of following us. Uh, granted, again, three individuals with hangovers. So I don't know how many brain cells were actually functional during this conversation. And a I time do... boundary. We also were working with yes. a time boundary as well. So there, there was a, a certain element of not being able to dive too deeply in certain areas, or which or... was good actually, because yeah, right now we're not helps. under a time boundary. And look at look at the way we're flopping around right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we have three books. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Thrawn. We have Thrawn Alliances, and then Thrawn Treason is the mm. third book. Yes. So uh, the plot reading for Thrawn goes thusly. Found on an unnamed Outer Rim planet, the exiled Chiss warrior Thrawn pledges himself to Emperor Palpatine and joins the Imperial Navy. Thrawn's cunning and expertise as a tactician help him to rise through the ranks with an unprecedented speed, though his renegade tactics ignite the ire of his superiors. At Thrawn's side is his translator-turned-aide-de-camp, Ensign Eli Vanto, whom he trains in the ways of war. Meanwhile, ruthless administrator Arinda Price plots her own rise to power. Sounds about right. right? Very nice. Kind of covers everything. I think so. Um, And so then uh, Thrawn Alliances, the sequel to that book, uh, focuses on Thrawn's partnership with Darth Vader, whom he meets at the conclusion of Thrawn. In the novel, Grand Admiral Thrawn and Darth Vader are sent on a mission to Batuu to explore a disturbance in the forest felt by Emperor Palpatine. The mission is more than that, however, as Thrawn's split loyalties between the Empire and his native people, the Chiss, and Vader's past as a Jedi require a test of loyalty for both of the characters. The book also features flashbacks to a Clone Wars conflict during featuring Thrawn and Anakin Skywalker on the same planet several years ago. Additionally, Padme and Amidala is featured investigating the disappearance of an old ally. The novel also introduces the fictional species Grisk, which later return in Thrawn Treason. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then Thrawn Treason uh, reads thusly uh, a quote from Thrawn starts it off. If I were to serve the Empire, you would command my allegiance. Such was the promise Grand Admiral Thrawn made to Emperor Palpatine at their first meeting. Since then, Thrawn has been one of the Empire's most effective instruments, pursuing its enemies to the very edges of the known galaxy. But as keen a weapon as Thrawn has become, the Emperor dreams of something far more destructive. Now, as Thrawn's TIE Defender program is halted in favor of Director Krennic's secret Death Star project, he realizes that the balance of power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency. Even the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate entire planets. As Thrawn works to secure his place in the Imperial hierarchy, his former protege Eli Vancho returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's mastery of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice, duty to the Chiss ascendancy or fealty to the Empire he has sworn to serve, even if the right choice means committing treason. So there you have it. Mm -hmm. There's the three books. And right now we dive into our discussion with Star Wars expert and friend of the show, Mr. Jimmy Dice. Do it. This is going to be real interesting. I'm barely coherent right now. Um, <laughs> Did all you right. Last night, you'd be good to go tonight. <laughs> well, you said a lot of things last night, I suppose. <laughs> I, you know what? I was a different person last night. I, that's, a, that's a very different time. Uh, but anyway, all right. So here we go. Um, how the hell am I going to start this? I'll just start it because, well, let's face it, it's not going to sound good no matter how I do it right now. So, all right. So the main topic at hand for this episode is, of course, we're going to be talking about the second Tron trilogy. Thrawn trilogy? trilogy? Trilo- Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I like this, that movie. Yeah. It's... <laughs> what? Fan of Tron too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big fan of Tron. Big Tron guy. <laughs> oh, it was, the second Tron was awesome. I I was so disappointed we didn't get. It. Apparently, they are making a third movie now. It is. It apparently nice. is going to line up in the next couple of years. Who knows nice. who's actually going to be in it? Because I don't think anybody who was in the this one wants to be in the next one. But anyway, we're not talking about Tron. We're talking. We're talking about Thrawn, uh, the second Tron. Thrawn. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, this is fantastic. What is going on? <laughs> I really, I know I shouldn't have had that drain cleaner before I started. But anyways, joining us for this discussion is one of the hosts of Scruffy Looking Podcasters, a Star Wars connoisseur, and uh, and just a, 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 a Star Wars savant bar none. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jimmy Dice joining us for this discussion. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Hello there. It is uh, my pleasure. Hello there. My pleasure to be joining you, boys. He's armed with a soundboard. Watch out. I, yeah. And with toys. Oh, of course you did. And oh, I'm not hey, I appreciate that joke that's any a, further. That's a very, that's, a, that's an amazing intro. Thank you very much. I, I wouldn't certainly call myself the foremost expert on really anything, but uh, I do know, uh, I do know a thing or two about Star Wars. Well, Absolutely. you know, it's like what they say in the in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to be that much smarter, just smarter than us. 
That's right. That's right. And and J- Jimmy, for our listeners, what, what what has been your proclamation on the show? Uh, is is this the year of the blue? Is is that what this we're is, calling this? This is the year of the blue. Year right? of the blue. This is the year of the Thrawn. Because this this year we're going to get live action Grand Admiral Thrawn on the screen, boys. Oh, that's going to be that, fantastic. And that's going to be coming with the uh, Ahsoka live long. action series uh, Q4 this year. That's right. Oh my gosh. We're getting Mando in March. Yep. Uh, yep. We're getting a couple other things. Visions, the animated stuff. There's a whole slew of new uh, animated uh, studios that's going to be doing a whole new uh, shorts on those, which will mm-hmm. be great. we got Bad Batch going on right now. They just finished episode, I don't know, six. Yeah, Wookie those one. have been good. Those have been great. Yeah, the, yeah. the Wookiee Jedi one. Yeah, Gungi. Oh, yeah, by the way, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Todd. <laughs> Grunge. I, call, I like to call him Grungy. But, um, nice. Yeah, it's just nice. been a lot of good Star Wars this year. And, yeah, we're going to get topped off by seeing our man in blue, Grand Admiral Thrawn, played by Lars Mikkelsen. He's yes, lying. He Don't believe him when he says he's not doing it. I just hope we get a little sneak peek of him at Celebration in uh, London. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Which you're going out there for, are you not? I, I am going out there. The Scruffy Boys will be no made in flesh in London. London's calling. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my gosh. Is, yeah. is the universe uh, buckled up for this? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a hard and fast trip in and out. You know, the, hippo, the Hippodrome, the casino I was at last time I was there, it's strategically placed in the middle between our hotel and the Excel Center. So it's on the way. Nice. <laughs> Are you still allowed in the UK? I didn't. I I, I wasn't aware how that happened. After I walked out with all those Queen Elizabeth II's on those banknotes, I don't know if they'd let me back in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! All right, so we're going to talk about these books because, uh, well, I mean, we all reread them, uh, except for I'm going to say this right up front: uh, Jimmy Dice, in all fairness, did not get to finish the trilogy because I had his third book, which he was nice enough to lend to me, and then I completely was a douche and didn't yeah. get it back to yeah. him. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping to reread that, but uh, you know, Are you trying yeah. to like provide a challenge for him or something? Is that what you're doing? Or? <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's a lovely. He has a lovely hardcover edition of it and everything. I was like, oh, this is nice. great. Nice. Nice. Scratch that. Yeah, you know, this is my first time reading him, so it'll be uh, it, it, was, it was very interesting. So, oh, nice, very cool, very we'll, cool. We'll so, yeah, these it. uh, these came out, I think, in 2017. Yes, and, yeah, uh, and I remember this because I got the first two books uh, and got them signed by Timothy Zahn himself. Nice, down at Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Mm. Wow, and uh, that was very cool. I saw quite a few uh, Thrawn cosplayers that year because that was the year he was coming back. Everybody was stoked. This is before Rebels had showed him in the mm-hmm. animated series. And, uh, yeah, it's just Thrawn is our guy. Yeah, absolutely. Coming to live action. And that's, Zahn actually like, lives a couple towns over from where I live in the suburbs here in Chicago. So, really? uh, oh, he, he grew up in to. Lombard, and uh, he, I, I believe he still resides there. I could be wrong, though. But still living in his mom's house or something? Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Hey, you gotta save money these days. <laughs> I, I would be surprised. He's a good guy, though. Really nice, really nice guy. Um, yeah. Super fun guy to meet if you ever get a chance to meet him. Very cool. 
Very cool. Nice. Well, uh, man, they call Tim has uh, been doing the outline on this. He is he has labored over this for months, mostly because we have talked about doing this episode for months, and yes. that we, I, I, who am I kidding? I postponed it at least twice, and now we are we are finally recording this. So, uh, Tim, if you would, you gonna lead us through this here, sir? Yes, sir. So, right. uh, yeah, the sure, sure. three books uh, are thrown. By the way, that 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 sure, sure, yeah, yeah. That's that's a regular part of our show now. Just so you know, sure, sure. your co-host, even when you're not on the show. Excellent. Love it. The spirit of leaders. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like I'm getting it a hundred percent, but I'm getting better. Oh, you don't need to get it a hundred percent. It's better if you don't get it. It's, you know. Ground gear. Ground flavor. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Sure. All right. So uh, the books we're dealing with here are uh, Thrawn, uh, Thrawn Alliances, and Thrawn Treason. And yeah. uh, before we dive into the first book, Thrawn, uh, just a, a quick question to, to kind of discuss amongst ourselves here. Was Zahn, uh, as, as I read through these, there was some context that I um, – just didn't have. Um, I haven't watched Rebels. I'm actually in the process of watching it right now because I oh, nice. to okay. kind of get the, get that context. Sweet. And uh, but going through like you know uh, in in the first book Thrawn, which is you know somewhat of an origin story for him. Uh, you know we have characters like Arinda Price. We have uh, locations like Lothal. Um, was just from your perspectives, uh, you know, was Zahn kind of basically bringing Thrawn in line with with what happened in Rebels? Because it seems like uh, for these three books, they, they seem to kind of orbit around that story and, and kind of uh, lend credence to it and kind of keep it, you know, canon almost, um, especially toward the end of, of the last one and, you know, kind of where that goes. So, um, yeah, just just before we get into it, just uh, context for, you know, Zahn writing them and, and, and just that idea of, of him, uh, you know, kind of tying it into Rebels. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's hard to, to I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know the man. Uh, I can't I can't read what's inside of his head or where it was part of his contract with Disney when he was doing these. But the the best uh, scenario, the most likely scenario that uh, I believe is the case is that Disney wanted to have a new bad guy. They want somebody somewhat familiar, but still generally unknown to the general populace, your general your general watcher of live action TV and stuff. And. We only know Thrawn when he's wearing the white uniform, when he's a Grand Admiral. Mm. We know he's unstoppable, you know, or at least, so to speak, we've all built him out to be this this unstoppable, evil, invincible character. But the timeline, the way that the sequel trilogies came out, really, really narrows the band in which the Thrawn story arc can really live, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without it right. like, directly yeah. impacting other stuff and, you know, not having it be awkwardly weird when stuff, certain things that he does is just not mentioned. So yeah. yeah. I feel like he was not necessarily written into a box, but just like saying that, Hey, you have this window. Mm. We also want to incorporate him into rebels. And this is how we all want to do this here. And actually, I take it back. I think he may have been in Rebels already by the time this came out in 2017. But anyways, my memory's all shot. I don't even remember. So <laughs> Especially from last night. Jimmy Dice was at the table. Table was hot. 26 rolls. Anyways, that's a oh my seven. gosh. But I, I think nice. uh, uh, you, Arinda Price, who uh, voiced by uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, 
Uh, she was also in uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. Really? I got to meet her in person down in Orlando. She's the sweetest person you'll ever meet. She was super, what a ride to talk to. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, how'd you get into voice acting? She's like, oh, well, they wanted me to get a boob job for Xena Warrior Princess. And I said, nah, I'm going to stick to voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, good for you. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to change my body for this. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, good, go for it. Yeah. Uh, so she was a she was a ride to uh, a completely by accident, too. I meant to um, book just the autograph. I got the autograph and the photo. So I saw her twice in like an hour. Oh, She's wow. like, oh, you're back. Nice. And um, we made her do the uh, the Captain Morgan's knee <laughs> drinking beer thing. That was great. Very nice. Maybe the fonts, I can't remember. But uh, you get these new characters, Arinda Price, who are in Rebels that basically are allowing Thrawn, uh, Zahn to write about. Mm-hmm. And... The window for him is is pretty narrow for him to fit to fit in, and but Thrawn, uh, Thrawn, I keep saying Thrawn is Zahn. Zahn is rewarded, right, so to speak. Mm. A couple years later, just recently concludes the Chiss Ascendancy book mm. series, which is even more of a backstory origin story. Okay, that leads up to this trilogy that comes out in 2017. So there's a there's a lot of back stuff going on here, and. The way they wrote him out in Rebels, you know, it's really setting up everything for Ahsoka. I think everything is really leading uh, to, towards Ahsoka at the yeah. end of this year. Everything yeah. in Rebels, uh, even the stuff in Bad Batch that's starting to get mentioned now. Uh, so it's a very, uh, very exciting time. Did I not answer your question perfectly? You no, you that, that was a fine, that was a fine answer, and 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 actually segues very nicely into our questions because oh, sure, sure. for so so let's start with Thrawn, first book. Um, very much an origin story of uh you know for for uh you know for the Thrawn character and and you know and and interestingly enough he's more of a protagonist in this than he is yeah. an antagonist from the prior you know trilogy uh from heir to the empire um and as well as arinda price um which you know for, for me i i I thought this was just kind of an interesting, you know, uh, way to approach the book where it, it isn't all just about him. There, there's an element of her in there. And, and really in a lot of ways, you know, she kind of, uh, you know, to me, it was almost like the Michael Corleone story in a way, you know, start, starts out, you know, somewhat pure and, and just, it <laughs> just falls into the worst impulses to be, yeah, you know, a like, little bit more jaded, a little firm yeah. once you realize like, oh yeah, this is how, these are how these people operate. I yeah. Need to, so, uh, yeah. I need to be sharp like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So gents, uh, we can go around the horn, you know, what did you like? What could have been better? Uh, and then we can get to like surprises and, and some other details. So, uh, Uncle Todd, you want to give us your thoughts? Um, well, so I think it's interesting because each book to me was very easily identifiable and had a theme. And so the first the first book here is this is I mean, Thrawn was already treading into Sherlock Holmes levels of deduction <laughs> and info gathering and all that. This first book is straight up. Sherlock Holmes, because they even give Zahn even gives him a Watson. Like Eli mm-hmm. Vanto is his Watson, mm-hmm. the guy who just is kind of there to be the audience in a way mm-hmm. for the for the book and to for the character to kind of be able to bounce off of and and it actually does a great job of of and you know sounds weird to say this about an alien because I mean well they mention the fact that Thrawn is an alien approximately a billion times in this book just to make sure you understand that the dude with the blue skin is not human. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, but they they do a good job of of using v- Eli to kind of humanize Thrawn a little bit. 
Yeah. So it, it, it pro- provides a little bit of an, you know, an entryway into who this person is a little bit more than just this unstoppable force that we've seen. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then just before I forget, so then like book two is your reluctant buddy movie sort of deal, almost like a lethal weapon. I mean, you would just going to say Le- Le- Glover and uh, Gibson, right? Yeah. Get I mean, for this week, you, you, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Anakin didn't say that. Um, and then the third book to me, it was a little tougher to define, but the, the, the character, um, I can't remember who it is, but the, uh, what is it? Uh, the guy the antagonist? who Krennic? well, well, no, Krennic's, Krennic's lackey that gets is like then shadowing Thrawn through the whole thing. Whatever that character's name is, yeah. was so over the top that it to me like it was like a it was like a Pink Panther esque political farce mm. in that third book, mostly because of that guy just like going so it was so outlandish. Mm. I'm like, this is literally almost like I'm waiting for a Keystone Cops like slapstick sort of thing to happen. With this guy, every every turn of the page, yeah. But I, I thought it was interesting that each His book name was Ronin. Ronin, yeah. Ronin. Oh my gosh! I would have told you if I had the book. Oh, <laughs> see, there's the first one right there. Um, what a great name for a just a terrible character. But anyways, um, those were kind of the things. I, I mean, overall, the the first book, um, you know, it, it's more of the same. Like it, it gives you Thrawn. I thought it was very interesting that you know the fact that. You know, he kind of outwits those people right from the Empire, right from the beginning and and all of that. And I just like uh, outdoorsman Thrawn. I, I think that's such a funny way to introduce <laughs> Adam's Thrawn. Is, is just Thrawn as native, you know? Yeah. It's like Ooga Booga. You know? That was Survivor <laughs> Thrawn. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the totally opposite of Thrawn. We, that's of what, what it we've is. seen of him. You know, it's so funny. Yeah. So can I, I just, t- you mentioned uh, the Survivor Thrawn. Can I just touch on that for one hot minute? Yes, sir. Yeah. So um, there's a book. It was published by Del Rey um, back in um, what uh, what year is this? Uh, whatever the hell it was. Uh, but it's called Star Wars Outbound Flight. And uh, did you guys ever read that one? This was published isn't that isn't that part of like what they mention in the Heir to the Empire? It wasn't that what the that Jedi was supposed to be part of that. Yes. Or I think it's something else. Yes. Master uh, right. Saboth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clone, yeah. crazy Jedi guy. So he's in this. His OG version is, anyways. Uh, but okay. the, at the at the back of this book, highly recommend it. Star Wars Outbound Flight. It's the non canonical version of his origin story. Mm. Uh, and at the very back of it, it says also includes the bonus story, Star Wars Mist Encounter. And what the Mist Encounter is, it's a real short story. It's just like a couple, uh, just like a little thing in the back. It's only like 20, 30 pages. And it's about this smuggler ship who, you know, they're evading these these uh, hut smugglers or something like that, and they warp out beyond wild space and into the unknown regions. And hello, there's Commander Thrawn, mm-hmm. and uh, that's Thrawn's first uh, interaction with humans from the Republic. Interesting. And there's yeah. a whole tie-in with um, the Clone Wars, Republic, and Palpatine, like all of that stuff. And that, then you see, like, oh, this is how Thrawn gets kind of wrapped into it. Yeah. But the point, but the point of this one is, uh, oh, excuse me, no, that's the story of outbound flight. The missed encounter is when Survivor Thrawn is on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And we see how Captain Park comes and uh, Thrawn. Uh, oh, sorry, I don't know what I'm smoking here, but uh, 
Captain Park with the stormtroopers, Thrawn, he like takes the stormtrooper and stuffs him full of berries and something like that. And the guy like disintegrates and that's how he sneaks onto the ship and so on. That story is pretty much uh, identical to this one uh, for how they, so they kept that story true from this, hmm. you know, this legends book, modified it in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, but Captain Park was there. Uh, the way he uh, infiltrated onto the Star Destroyer is the same. And it basically ends when it's like, you know, take me to your leader. Grand Admiral mm. Thrawn kind of thing, and mm. that's where it, that's where it ends. Oh, um, but it's very cool for them uh, him being able to like rewrite that part. So that's something that you know people who are familiar with it um, are, are, I guess, happy to see. Anyways, like, oh, they haven't like completely rewritten Thrawn in the way he acts and stuff like that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Star Wars: The Mist Encounter. Pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah, I have to check that out. I'll check that out. Hmm. Um. Very cool. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack no. it too hard. There. Yeah. No, not at all. Jimmy, how about this you? This entire show is a sidetrack. Well, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm very critical of this book. I think it could have been better. A lot yeah. better. My vibe is uh, you made him too smart. Mm-hmm. Like Thrawn is just like, oh, but of course I'm going to do this because I am a genius and you will. You're not. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed that like every single scenario Thrawn was in, he was just like, yep, I got this. Yep, I got this. Yep, yeah. I got this. Yeah, it, it seems like a missed opportunity between Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances where, you know, because when Thrawn Alliances start, it he's getting kind of reprimanded for a failure of, you know, suppressing some rebel activity in Lothal. Yeah. And right. it's like, and, and, and that's, and to your point, and I, and I know Todd feels this way too. I, I think that takes away a dimension from him because you don't ever see him go through a loss or go through a struggle. It's, it's all, yeah. he's, you know, he's playing this game like five steps ahead of everyone else always. And, um, and, and I like that about his character, but you know, as, as Todd and I have, as, as uh, Todd and I have talked and, and as you mentioned that it, it does take a little bit of shine off of him because it's just like, well, if he knows everything, then how does anyone ever beat him? You know, and, and, or, or I don't mean to say know everything, but he always just seems to have everything, no, you know, five knows, steps ahead constantly. Yeah, no, I, I he get knows what you're saying. Yeah, yeah totally he, right. he, he's, he's a know-it-all. Um, <laughs> big meaty. But no, he, it's it's you're you're absolutely right, and my thoughts exactly. Like you're you're too smart, dude. And I feel like Zahn goes a little bit too far in just explaining to the reader how smart he is. Like mm. I'm gonna take the next page and a half to tell you how genius I am and how I figure oh, yeah. this out. Yeah, and, and, yeah. you know, and cool to the uninitiated. You know what I mean? Like, okay, let it rip. Yeah, um, but for. I guess the, to those who are very familiar with them or even not familiar with them, it just seems a, not tacky, but just a little like, okay, okay, okay. All right, we get it. Stop, you know, enough bouquets at him. Yeah. And now one thing I thought was interesting that they did, and, and I want to, I was curious what your thoughts were. And if you want to call this a struggle of Thrawn's, but, uh, you know, to Todd's point about how they constantly mentioned, you know, him as an alien over and over and over again. One thing I like that Zahn did in, in the first book, though, is bring out the prejudices, you know, early in the book mm. um, of, of humans against aliens, like which you don't ever really think about, hear about or see in, in the in the television shows a whole lot. You know, I mean, there's always that yep. joke about, you know, we don't serve their kind in here. But, you know, like other than that, you don't really get a sense of it. So 
it was interesting early on when he's at the academy and what he and Eli go through, you know, when they have that like, card game with these folks and then they get jumped and all of this. Yep. And, and, you know, once again, he parlays it into this like perfect move where like five years down the line, the guy's like this ace pilot and he, you know, <laughs> and he does something, you know, great for that Thrawn saw in him. But, um, right. but yeah, just, just curious your, you know, your, your guys' thoughts on that. Cause I, I, I thought it was just kind of a, it was an interesting angle that I, I don't ever really recall seeing in, in any sort of Star Wars material. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that, you know, adds a little texture and, and it also makes sense because if you look at the Rebel Alliance, you just look at the universe in general, there, there's plenty of aliens. Yeah. Not really any for the Empire. Like none, really, yeah. that I can think of. They've tried to retcon that like a little bit um, in the game, in the Star Wars game. So this new Star Wars video game, newer rather, I think it came out in 2018, uh, Star Wars Squadrons, the flight sim. Mm-hmm. That um, that feature the Pantorans, I think Pantorans the name. If Matt Mole's listening to this, he'll uh, he'll correct me. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a blue-skinned race. They have these like white markings on their face. They're not Chiss, mm-hmm. but they fight for the Empire rather, or at least they are enlisted by the Empire. So there's certainly there was a lot more xenophobia, and I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, uh, gender, uh, what's this term? Um, my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, sexual discrimination towards mm. like, uh, female and female officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, don't even talk about having any kind of transgendered or like mm-hmm. same sex relationships or anything like that, which you did get in the um, some of the newer books by um, the Aftermath trilogy. Yeah, <clears throat> which is pretty cool, but uh, you don't. Um, there's a ton of xenophobia in that. And I get, and I like how they've like stepped back from it because I feel like even though they are, you know, big, bad empire, you still need to have people from other planets and aliens right. and races right. to like help you just run this whole thing. You just can't shit on everybody, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's even really, it's clear they kind of want to, you know, it's more like we need you to, as a means to our end. And then at the, when the day is done at the very end of the day, it's just us standing and no one else. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So that was cool. I liked how they 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 showcased a lot of his uh, xenophobia that he he had to deal with. Yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, From I mean storytelling perspective, of course. But of course, he does it so well. He over. I mean, he just he kind of rises above all of it. He always manages to sidestep. Like he did. Like yes. the only the only L that Thrawn takes is not by. Zahn's hand it happens in rebels mm-hmm. so it's completely out of his books yeah and then it almost feels like he, like somewhere along the line Zahn that's stuck in his craw and then he just even he just turns the volume up more on just thrawn's perfection yeah because the really the one flaw that they keep mentioning is oh he doesn't know politics oh he doesn't know politics he isn't he's not a political creature he doesn't understand politics so oh, he's that's his one weakness is is politics when it turns out that really he just is he's outmaneuvering them without getting involved in the politics yeah most Either of the that, time yeah or it it doesn't even it doesn't even touch what he's doing so it doesn't even really count as a weakness because when does it ever hurt him never yeah well, not, I might, you might say you might say it hurt him in the third book, right? Because he's trying to track down the reason why these supply shipments aren't 
uh, making it to Project Stardust, right? That was mm-hmm. Yeah, made with Krennic in the third book. We're jumping all over these books, by the way, which is cool. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, for the listener. But the uh, ultimately, he fails to stop like the Minox or whatever, like you know, crunching after all of the uh, the ships for all the supplies and everything else. He exposed this, you know, yeah, nasty web of corruption and uh, um, defrauding of the empire. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, uh no, you still don't get money for your die defender program. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't, it's like you didn't uh, achieve the letter of this law, which seems like a very imperial thing for uh, people yeah. to be a dick about. Yeah, that's true. I I hadn't I hadn't considered that. So yeah, it does come back. It does bite him. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it's that big of an. I don't know. It, I, I guess I'm just I I just got really sick of like yet again. He always has the right decision. And but and again, you get to that third book and it's like he's so good that he's winning a battle. You know, he goes at one point he's winning a battle on on his opponent's ship. And then he's winning a battle that he's not even in the same area of. They're just basically following his instructions and winning the battle. So he's not even like present for the battle and yet he's still winning the battle. Yeah, he's not even directing it, you know? They followed my instructions precisely. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) come on. Like seriously, like let the guy be – have some sort of a weakness besides like, oh, well, you don't get your tie defender program. Mostly because like, hey, we've got to end the book at this certain point anyway. So it's like even even given knowing – even knowing that he's going to take an L – Zahn still goes out of his way to make him seem like so strong, you know, right. yeah. like in wrestling terms, like he, he never lets him lose any heat. <laughs> he yeah. never lets him take, he never looks bad. He never gets shown up. It's like, come on. Just I mean, I think something, I think part of what was interesting and we can get into this with alliances in a moment, but, but I think what, what is interesting, at least in the first book is, you know, a lot of times his primary opponent is in, in some ways the empire. And, and, and when you put him, when you put him up against the empire like that, it actually makes sense that he, he wipes the floor with them because as we've seen, we saw it in Andor, um, because I thought it was a great aspect of Andor that they brought out was just, just the arrogance and, and the inability Mm. of the empire to see past their own nose. And, um, and, and so when you have a master strategist like that, like the whole like Scrim Island, you know, thing that they go through where he just sits back and he lets this guy, he's like, all right, go ahead, go, go, go take your best shot at it. And, and he, he had a sense that something wasn't right. And you know, that, that commander gets his tail kicked and, and is embarrassed. And then he goes in and takes a more measured approach, which ends up, you know, allow, you know, it wasn't an easy battle, but it allowed them to get through and, and, you know, slowly kind of achieve their goal, which is kind of interesting, you know, like, like just to see him kind of, you know, almost like take advantage of, of the arrogance that just exists with, within that, that organization and structure. Yeah. And you see, he does it well, like a, uh, uh, a level of like disdain because it's yeah. uh, his method was like we would have saved more lives this way lives <laughs> material ships I've just got to tell you I am so enjoying your Thrawn just like it's it's like Hamlet I, I'm so enjoying is, it is that how the audiobook version sounds <laughs> oh yes oh very nice very he nice. talks like this always <laughs> I listened to it at one point five. He actually slowed those parts down, so instead of listening to it one point five, it was like three quarters speed, just so he could, just so he could, just oh, just. Uh, I I get, I get, I get it. It's uh, I, I do love his voice though. It does uh, fit. It does fit. Oh yeah. Um, 
one one last thing on my side with uh, with Thr- with the first one. We'll move on to alliances. Is um, you know, with Arinda Price's storyline, which which actually, if you take her storyline out, I think the book becomes a whole lot thinner <laughs> because she brings 100%. such an such an element to it. But it was interesting to see how through her storyline, like you know, the Empire, as we just talked about. Um, you know, creates these individuals and, and they, it's like they cannibalize their own in a way. Right. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she oh, runs yeah. through that organization and, you know, she's very ambitious. She's, you know, wanting to no, make the better. Governor. Absolutely. Governor. Absolutely. Um, starts off as this, you know, just, you know, working for her parents' business, basically on the planet she grew up on and turns into this, you know, power hungry governor. And, um, I love the interaction between her and, um, Oh gosh, is uh, Tarkin? Um, yeah, you, the back and forth they have, and you know the way that she ends up like turning on some of her friends, and oh my gosh, it was it was just uh, just, just such a really well done storyline, and and I love how he wove it in. You know, Thrawn just Thrawn and her just kind of weave in and out of each other's orbits, mm-hmm. and um, and so anyway, so I, I I thought that was a real nice uh, nice touch, and you know Thrawn's influence on that ascension of governor for her. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, the way it kind of ends where, you know, she she basically stages this whole thing and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, basically tells tells a big lie, you know, to kind of get out of it. And Thrawn, Thrawn suspects something's up, of course, you know, because he knows all. Well, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, that was yeah. that was his uh, his L. He was uh, taking heat for at the beginning of alliances when uh, Arinda what was it? She detonated the bomb or something like that. Right. Destroyed the city that Thrawn wanted to take and almost took single, you know, without complete destruction or whatever. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So. I, I think that, that that's a good point. Like, I think that's part of the, cause I, I enjoy the first book more than the, the, the other two. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite book out of the, out of the trilogy. And I, I, the more you talk about it, the more I realize like how enjoyable, that character arc was, and yeah, I mean, the, the book is almost wafer thin when you take out that, that entire plot line, mm-hmm. and it really kind of shows you like what Zahn can do with characters when he's like, hey, you know what? I, it's okay if I torture this character rather than rather than Thrawn, where it's like, oh no, nothing can touch him. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, he's 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 too big of a character to. Uh... He's too big of a character to just like wield like a hammer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas with somebody like Arinda Price, completely made up, there's no backstory on her. There's no canon that some, you know, sweaty nerd on a computer like myself is going to be like, wow, actually, uh, she wasn't here during this time frame because in this book, this reference. Yeah. So there's that you have to worry about with her, which is, you can see, as you said, Zahn's magic of just creating these wildly fun uh, character arcs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say I I do feel like he kind of he starts wielding Thrawn like a hammer in the in the second third book, like I, because he doesn't have someone like Arinda Price, he's not going to mess with Anakin. Right. So I mean, it, it, he kind of does become much more of a blunt instrument, like and and is I, I think that's why I enjoyed the first one. I felt like the the first book had a little bit more subtlety, a little bit more intrigue. A little bit more unknown, like because you just I, I wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen with with yeah. Arinda Price and how that was going to get to that end point. You know, well, and, isn't that the best thing about origin stories? Right. That's why origin origin stories are like the first parts are always my favorite. Like, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, for example, I think Fellowship of the Rings is my favorite one of all three, even though they're yeah. all amazing. Yeah. Now, what's interesting with Arinda Price is and we'll transition now into alliances. So. 
when I start reading alliances, I'm getting a few chapters in and I'm like, where, where is she? (laughs) I'm thinking about these three books the same way that I saw heir to the empire. Um, and then dark forces rising and last. Yeah. Where's Eli? Where's Eli Vanto? Where's Eli? Where's where's, where's his little man that he has with them? You know, his little, his little, his little friend. Yeah. Where are you? His Uh, caddy essentially. (laughs) Really? I mean, give me the Billy Baru. (laughs) (laughs) Come here, Eli. I need you to massage my. Love it. Massage so, my so, bunions. Yes. So there was a little disorientation for me going. Can you loof on my back? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm loof on my stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Good <laughs> yeah. Lord. Indeed. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was a little disorientation going into it, but but it is kind of interesting the the dynamic of uh, you know it's funny you called it Todd like lethal weapon. I would almost say it's like lethal weapon and lost. If you ever saw the show Lost, because there's mm. all this time jumping around that happens and, oh yeah that was getting on my nerves after a and, while and you have oh. to kind of reset your context a little bit as you're reading it, so. yeah the whole anakin padme thing then going back to thrawn and vader like i liked it it was cool yeah. um some parts of it felt a little rushed some parts of it fell a little flat for me mm-hmm. uh, like padme's story arc i, I liked it i wish she she had a little bit more depth to it and i wish mm. uh anakin wasn't just like this just grumpy kid the whole time yeah 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 like oh, just, come off, bitch. yeah, <laughs> yeah right. exactly you know one thing i struggled with a little bit and I, I don't know if you guys experienced this too um in this book and then in treason i i have to go back and reread you know some of parts of the chapters especially with when there's a lot of action going on i don't know that zon's strength is laying out the sequence of a battle because it, oh, it, no, it gets so no. like I'm trying to get a build a oh. mental picture in my head as I'm reading it, and I honestly just get lost. There's just so much going on, and and he I'm is just, not good with geography. Yeah, no. yeah. So I didn't know if you guys experienced that too. Both like when the in the bar fight, and then you know, kind of the the fight they had as they were chasing. I don't know. I think they were chasing someone to find their ship or something like that after after the bar fight. And anyways, it, it was just very confusing at times you know um so i i don't know if that ever struck you both yeah it was it was a little it was a little challenging um yeah it's just one of those things you just get used to as you're reading it yeah Yeah. i mean it's it's not it's not the worst thing in the world but it is one of those deals where you when someone when you when you're dealing with an author almost like you're dealing with a director you know Mm -hmm. who's who's uh you know directing a fight scene you get a feeling of when you're in good hands yeah. And, and when someone yeah. does it really well, it's it, it's appreciated, maybe not overtly or consciously, but you you can kind of you feel I, at least I do. I feel a little more at ease like, OK, I kind of know where everything is. Mm-hmm. And when someone's not good at it, it feels it's much harder for me to go. I, I can tell because I'm getting tired of stuff like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I because Zahn's trying, man. He I will give him that he tries yeah. and he yeah. tries to lay it out, but it's. The way he does it, I'm like, you're not helping. You're just not. Like, I yeah. appreciate I appreciate the effort, but you're not really doing it for me, sir. Right. Yeah, right. If if it, if it helps, um, I know that uh, in um, the Chis Ascendancy trilogy, the more recent one, uh, I think they do a better job at describing the space combat. Mm. Oh, okay. In, in nice. a way that it makes it more feel like okay, this is like an episode of The Expanse. Now, you guys, Expanse mm. fans. No, no, I haven't seen it. Probably gotta check it out. 
highly recommend it. I right. love it. You nice. will love it. Excellent I, series. I think it's tough too because I feel like you know Star Wars is very. It feels it, at least to me, it feels very two dimensional space. You know, mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. fights as opposed to three dimensional. You know, like when I when you know watching like Battlestar Galactica and stuff, and you you see things happening on different planes, and mm-hmm. as opposed to like everything's just happening in this one plane, which is kind of old school. Which I mean, that's fine, but. I think that's part of the reason is I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just do something different? Like, why wouldn't you come at him from this angle? I think he tried to do that in season because you do have oh, like yeah, toward, yeah. toward the end, like there, he, you know, part of his, 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 his strategy is to, you know, place one of those cloaking, um, you know, drop you out of hyperspace things. And so you have the tie defenders and, and the tie fires popping in from like different angles, you yeah, know, they're kind yeah. of like they, they can't predict where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it was just interesting to, to kind of like, I think that was the first time, but well, when that layered in it, it made it even, but for me, at least it was just like, I don't know what the heck's going on. I had a, once I reread it, a, a, you know, another time, like, okay, I got it. But yeah, it's just, as you're trying to build the mental model, it's just, it, it's uh, a bit hard. It's a times. challenge to follow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's uh, a, a lot of times it's, you have to reread a few sections a couple of times. <laughs> like, all right, what is he doing? Which characters are here? I fell yes. asleep. And where am I? Yes. Yeah. Well, especially when he goes into like five pages of detailing, like how he's trying to figure out where that, you know, where the the light speed disruptor or whatever, whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, where they're trying. Oh, he comes out from this direction, this direction. And, and it's describing going into all these things. And I'm like, can we just get to the point? I, yeah. I don't care that much about like astrophysics at this point. Like I'm just here for the story. Mm. I'm not here for a dissertation on, you know, this is how you would find a cloaked device that would take you out of light speed yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. it is a kind of a cool concept. Oh, so. it's, I mean, I've, the I thought it was a gravity well projector. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I well, thought it was have, a great idea, but it was just like, I don't need that much background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's and the thing is like, it was already kind of brought up before. I mean, this, uh, the interdictor technology they have in the interdictor cruisers. Oh, the, right. Uh, right. The smaller, uh, smaller uh, ships in the Imperial fleet that they use to like pull people out of hyperspace, and that's actually a really common thing in the, I'll say pre-Disney canon, as you know, mm. most people who are into Star Wars knew like about these gravity wells and interdictors and stuff. But Thrawn was a guy who kind of came up with it, not came up with it, but brought that technology into the Empire. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he's Zahn is just make making sure that is heard and seen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a g- great concept. I just wish it hadn't been like, oh, let me let me just show you how clever I am and how clever Thrawn is. Yeah, like, yeah. we could have gotten there. Well, like you know, half as long, twice as strong would have I yeah. would have sufficed in some of these areas. But yeah, again, so, so the the so the way I was reading alliances and and tell me if you guys agree or not. So in these two timelines, it feels like in the past timeline where it's Anakin and Thrawn. You have Anakin struggling with carrying out the mission and the loyalty, you know, that he has for for Padme and and you know protecting her and making sure she's safe. Yep. And then in the present mm-hmm. day, you have, and I found this interesting with Vader and Thrawn. It's really Thrawn who's now. I don't want to say struggling with loyalty, but it's it's 
you know, he, he's dealing with his loyalty to the Chiss and what's happening with the Grisk and now these Force Sensitives that they're using, which which I thought was kind of an interesting concept that you have Force Sensitive, like, navigators, basically. <laughs> so Skywalkers. Yeah. <laughs> the Skywalkers, yes. Um, but, yeah, your, your, your thoughts on, on, on that. Like, did, was that your read on it? And, and did you kind of have the same sense of things? Cause it seemed like loyalty was kind of the thing that played out in the two, two threads. It was just on, it was just interesting how they inverted it between the two characters. Yeah. With, with Thrawn, it's um, it's a matter of his objective ultimately is the safety and protection of the just ascendancy like that. I think, and that's right. like to his core, that's just, this is what he's going to do. There's yeah. nothing in between of this and him, uh, towing the line for the empire and like keeping things on like the straight and narrow and making sure he doesn't deviate from that is uh tricky. He seems to be having a good, a good grasp on it when everyone else thinks that he's like, well, he's going to betray us eventually because he's going to go back to his own people. Yeah. But he still, ten- he still keeps to avoiding it and stuff with- while, you know, holding true to his own like principles and ideals and defending the chess and the empire at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Did you feel like there wasn't enough info on, and this could just be me because I'm, I'm coming to this, I think a little bit colder than you guys are. I felt like I didn't get enough information about the Chiss ascendancy, any kind of background on his culture or anything. Yeah. I didn't get enough of it to actually care that much. Like it was just so peripherally mentioned and it was such just like a, a thin layer of character, you know, whitewash or blue wash, I guess you would say um, <laughs> yeah, <sweetie. laughs> that it, like I, I just I was I couldn't get invested in it. Like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, he might go back to his people, but I don't know jack squat about his people or yeah. who they are, or what they are like. You don't have to give me the entire thing. But I felt like I got shortchanged on that. Now, is that just my lack of background knowledge? Or did you guys feel any of that too? The Chiss are always mysterious, right? It took mm-hmm. forever in the old Legends canon to get right. to even visit their home world, um, in the books anyways. Uh, the Chiss Ascendancy trilogy, which I think we should have this discussion on those in the, in the somewhere near future. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they'll be absolutely outstanding. You get that. Hundred percent. All right. You you get every interweaving yeah. political, military, their their own xenophobic views of the uh, of the ascendancy. You know what I mean? Like we believe in us and don't really care about anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and it's 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 a good point that that you raised, Todd, because I like the way I viewed it is just it it I didn't need to know the detail. I just knew that there was something of value there for him and that was the thing he was anchored to and so what you know even when you look at the end of treason when palpatine says you know we're we're gonna have a conversation when you come back from lothal and then of course we all know he doesn't come back from lothal so yeah um so 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 that conversation was postponed for another date apparently um but but you know just the fact that it's an anchor for him and that's what i found interesting in this book is like it's not like you know, Anakin's love for Padme is the same thing that like Thrawn has for his people. But there there was definitely a sense of of urgency and, and care he was showing for for these for these girls, you know, and 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 the fact that like we never really had seen this out of the character, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And so not knowing a lot about it was 
for, for me, it wasn't important, but I do, but I see what you're saying in the value of it. It's like, it would help me understand him as a character better to know why is he so anchored to it? You know, what is it yeah. about his culture that, um, you know, his people and, and his society where, where, you know, he really does. I mean, by the end of the third book, he is really stated, I think he states it. He's like, no, my, my, my loyalty is to the Chiss. And, you know, mm. this is <laughs> the empire's a tool I'm using right now, basically. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, Which, I, I will say like the, the Skywalkers and the rescue of the, the four sensitive girls, because there are, they are the navigators, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of all the Chiss ships, Chiss ships through uh, hyperspace because what we get the vibe of is in the unknown regions it's very uh, there's a lot of uh, impassable areas right mm, just right. like nebulae cosmic gases gamma ray way uh, you know clouds or whatever you just can't go in a straight line like you can the galactic empire and the no- bigger part of the galaxy so yep they need the four sensitive people and we see that with vader doing that near the beginning of alliances where he's that like was guiding cool. mm-hmm. star destroyer through that's also a throwback to uh heir to the empire trilogy with uh, the crazy jedi master uh Sabaoth. that's right yeah Sabaoth, whatever his name is um Sabaoth. Because oh, he yeah. would use him to use sort of they call it a battle metal meditation. Yep. It's also Where like coordinating talk- activities and things yeah, like that. Like yeah, like just not directly influencing <laughs> people, but just like you know, new very nuanced things. You know. Yeah. They are, that's also a battle meditation. They talk about that in uh, Knights of the Old Republic video game too. Do, do uh, sure. so. Speaking of like kind of ties back to the heir to the empire. Do you think that um, you know, especially with the cloak gravity well projectors here and and what the Grisk were trying to do with it? Do you do you guys kind of think that like I feel like Zon was using that to kind of tie back to heir to the empire or at least uh, or is it last command where where Thrawn sets up all of the cloaked you know like asteroids around Coruscant so they don't know <laughs> you know kind of how to get in and out of of the planet basically. Yeah, they're all brilliantly hmm. cool idea. Yeah, yeah love and, and always loved it. it. It just seems like this might be the birthplace of some of those ideas, you know, when you know when when he tangles with them and that sort of thing. So very very well could be, and mm-hmm. we may see that in the. So we'll see what we we'll see what we see in the Ahsoka series. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Never, is Thronger become a bigger, badder character that or he's going to, you know, merit his own sort of series spinoff that occurs between the events of Return of the Jedi Mandalorian and the sequel trilogy? God, I hope so. Mm. That would be uh, that would be excellent. You know, who, who knows? You know, to, to Zahn is only has a certain window that, you know, Thrawn really can operate in. Yeah. Which is why I'll I'll say again yeah, for the Chiss Ascendancy trilogy book of books, um, he gets just his his entire palette is open. He can yeah. write about wherever the hell he wants, and he does, and it's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, just you know, another tie back. Uh, you know, Rook is in this uh, in this book, and only this book for some reason. I don't know why he isn't in treason, <laughs> but but Zahn goes out of his way to establish him. You know, like here he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this is times when he's just sort of like, oh, all right, and you now you just go away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I don't know what to do with you for this book, so uh, it's just the ninja. Yeah, yeah. It appears as if from nowhere. Um, what was the other thing I want to mention? Oh, and then uh, you know another tie back to to heir to the empire. This time, dark. Well, I think it's dark forces rising. Is um, Anakin at the end 
when he basically renders that planet or, or, or removes a major, you know, kind of uh, resource from that planet that everyone kind of, wor- you know, as, as a mining Needs. planet, they, they yeah. need this. And uh, in, in his haste, you know, blows it all up uh, so yeah. <laughs> and causes basically this math. Like, I thought it was an interesting thing by Zahn to kind of show this as Anakin doing it. And then later when we're dealing with the Nogri, you know, Vader very purposefully uh, and the Empire very purposefully ruins another planet, you know, to basically control a race. Yeah. Um, so I kind of took out of this. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is where Anakin got the idea from, because, you know, when you think when you look at what he did, I mean, it really brought that that group kind of to its knees and then they come back later and they're just you know that that outpost is still there but it just seems like it's a very different place now yeah they're all wicked pissed yeah mm. yeah what y'all think about the grisk i because uh, i mean i thought it was i thought it was a really interesting way to present an enemy who somehow managed managed to like <clears throat> instill that kind of fear yeah in people to, they, to do their bidding to that the fact that they didn't have to necessarily do all this directly that they were they they had this like series of pass throughs almost mm. you know doing all their bidding i thought that was kind of interesting they are very secretive uh antagonists right we don't really get to mm-hmm. know or hear a lot about them and that is mm-hmm. consistent throughout all of the rest of the stuff that's been written which i think is very cool yeah, um, I, I like that because it gives uh, it gives some mystique to it. You know what I mean? You're not just taking all your clothes off at once. You just kind of do a little bit of a time building up a mood, you know. <laughs> and uh, which I'm hoping we get. My wife, my wife, asked me to to do it the other direction. She's like, put put on the sock, put on a shit back on. I don't want to see that anymore. That's awful. Burns my eyes. You know what? Put on two shirts. Oh, I know it's goodness. your birthday, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's limits. Oh I, can't, my gosh. I can't do this. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, um, once again, sharing way too much with the with the world. Yeah, right. uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's all good stuff. Yeah, I, I think mean, they're 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 great in terms of you know that whole sequence where you know they kind of break out of being in prison because apparently they burrow out their teeth or something and they have like weapons and i mean it's 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 great to make like this nomadic you know sort of of race that just you know just dominates and you know in in some ways i don't want to say they're like the borg but they have elements of the borg in them right i mean they 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 they, they dominate another group and they bend them to their will and then they use them to basically continue you know kind of dominance elsewhere and um so I, i thought it was kind of interesting yeah, it, it was funny to me because I, I do appreciate the fact that they're mysterious. I think that works as far as an antagonist. What I don't, but it, it's kind of funny because I don't buy that in with the Chiss because I feel like we've, I've spent, I don't, I don't spend as much time with the Grisk. Yeah. I've already heard, spent like now how many books hearing about the Chiss. I, it's like, I just need a bit more of that. Yeah. Like I need, I need a little less mystery there to buy in on that because I've, that has to do with my main, the main character that you're asking me to invest all this time in. Yeah. Whereas the 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 antagonist, like, okay, fine, yeah, they could be a little more mysterious. You have to fill in all those blanks. It's kind of it's scarier when you don't. Yeah, you know. But it, it, it's funny that he tr- he kind of tried to treat them both the same way. I'm like, dude, you got to no, <laughs> yeah. you got to give me a little on one, more on one side, you know. Right, right. So jumping over to uh, anything else on alliances. Oh, good. Uh, so yeah. jumping over to treason last book um 
this one was interesting to me because, um, man, a l- lot of different tie-ins now. We 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 have Krennic, we have yeah, Krennic. we have Project Stardust. Mm. Uh, we, we, you know, just just a lot of weaving in kind of the existing lore and in, you know really uh, into the Thrawn you know kind of narrative now. Um, I, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I I thought this was this was kind of an interesting story that you know, coming out of it, I kind of thought would, would make a great movie. Cause it's in some ways kind of like last Jedi, where there's this like constant, like pursuit going on where Thrawn's mm. trying to figure this thing out. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's all this, you know, intrigue and, you know, subterfuge going on within the empire once again, you know, cannibalizing their own. Um, but yeah, what, what were you guys thoughts on, on just kind of the overall like arc of, of him, you know, really trying to figure out a supply line issue and it turns into a, a way bigger thing. I'll just briefly say I, I just kind of didn't like this book. I, I, yeah. I felt like it just kind of it is, you know. Yeah, my, my favorite part about this book was we got to see our man Eli Vanto again. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. nice. I was because I was I was hoping that we that, that character wouldn't get completely dropped. I was like, he got to come back <laughs> in the third book, right? I know, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a. Uh, um, I love I love his arc and I love seeing uh, the chist side of that right again yeah. I, I love all all story arcs that involve like the race and everything um, it works out really well it's very well written and we get thankfully we to get more of that in the in the chist and him kind of figuring series. out his purpose yeah like, it's like what am I doing here he told me to help and I'm not helping I'm looking <laughs> at like yeah I don't know scrubbing toilets essentially you know yes. <laughs> Yeah, between him and who who is his uh, shoot? I'm trying to find her name. Um, oh yeah, his uh, Admiral uh, I I think Faro. Uh, I think was the commander. Uh, yeah. Faro uh, Commodore Faro was uh, Thrawn's. Yes. So uh, between her and Vanto, I kind of felt like they both had moments of wanting to go to him and be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> like hey, "What are you, what doing, are you doing to me here?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, come on, man. I know everything. The funny thing is, like, I've I realized now reading another trilogy by Zahn, like Zahn has a very specific way of kind of going through these trilogies. Like the books get shorter Mm -hmm. as you go along. And then the and and this happened in the Heir to the Empire trilogy as well. Like you get to that third book, and it's it feels like about two thirds of the way, Zahn suddenly has realized like a like an eighth grader. The night before the term papers do, like, oh crap! Oh, I gotta, I gotta this. tie this thing. Yeah, I gotta tie this up. But instead of, I don't, well, I don't want to go back in anything. So we're just gonna like, all right, now and this and this and this and this and this, and then it kind of gains speed. You lose all the detail, and then it just sort of ends. Yeah, and if like it just feels like it kind of just comes out of nowhere, and okay, and and but we he, I will say he like ties up all of the the loose ends, but it just seems yeah. like so damn neat. Well, yeah, the point, there's, there's two major battles in both of those last books that are going on simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I mean, he kind of realized like, oh crap, I got this and this, and and you get again, it just kind of all goes, and then at the very end, you have this dude who's been ranting and raving, this Ronin dude who's like, just he, he who who is like so out of like emotional balance, he makes yeah. Hux yeah look like <laughs> look like Spock. Yeah, for real. Well oh said. Oh my gosh! Like I can, I can't even imagine how much spittle 
would have yeah. to be cleaned up after Ronan has finished one of his little tirades or tantrums. But at the end, he Thrawn's just like, oh, you'll be going with a chiss. And he just kind of does. Like, well, why? Because he boxed him into a corner. Like, but even so, like you, it, 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 there's, which I thought it, was kind of cool, but yeah. it was kind of cool. But at the same time, it just felt like a, all right, like, ooh, no, you just spent like an entire book raging against everything. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing everything, but bitching about the coffee machine. And now all of a sudden you're just going to go, oh, that's just what it felt to me. It felt very like, mm-hmm. okay, well, he's just going to go up, be done with it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. That just kind of didn't sit well with me. It's, it, the third book was definitely my least favorite. I got to be, I mean, got to be honest. That, that whole thing with Ronan made me laugh because it's like, it's, it's presenting a choice that really wasn't a choice. It's like you disdain this so much. You're about to go to someone who's going to know how much you disdain it or you mm. can go over here, but it's your choice. <laughs> yeah. But it also felt like, like and how Raider he will kill you. <laughs> so, but it, it felt like how how Anakin always went along with Thrawn's ideas in the second book, mm. and there really wasn't any ex. And and, and you know, Anakin's just like, okay, a grumbly yeah. teenager. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Anyways. Yeah. No, you're right, and it makes sense. We have a grumbly Luke Skywalker, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I like not, putting Krennic against wrong. Thrawn and having them kind of you know in competition in a way, and and just uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Krennic just being absolutely outclassed. Krennic being Krennic, <laughs> right? He's, he's, he's you know king of his little king of his little ant farm, and uh, uh, you know yeah. he is he is God in his own in his own mind. Yes, <laughs> yes that that was that was definitely uh, well done. Uh, we see uh, Captain Pelion makes an appearance. Yeah, he gets a, he gets a word or word or two mentioned. Yeah, yes. love yeah. that, love that. Good to see him. He's also mentioned in the uh, Rebels show. Ah, okay. In the series, I'll say the series finale. Uh, hmm, right. Just mentioned. Just Thrawn goes, get me Captain Pelion. And then, you know. <laughs> you, that space actually, whales. You never see that happen. <laughs> yeah, space whales. <laughs> God, I'm so upset about that. That is one of those things, like, you just see Thrawn, like, built up, built up, built up, and then a teenager takes him out. Like, yep. what? Yeah. I don't care if he is a Jedi. Like, what? Which, well, which is kind of in line in a way with what happened in Last Command, right? I mean, the thing that t- that, that took him out was the thing you didn't it's see broke. coming, you yeah. know? And yeah. and you know, it's it's so it's kind of interesting. They they in a way took that theme, even though it wasn't leading to his death, just a long sabbatical Her. in the unknown regions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about the Tide Defender project. I thought that was great bringing that out. I mean, as I forget if we talked about this in pre-production or if this was in the show, but the uh, you know the old Tie Fighter uh, game from from uh, the mid nineties. Uh, yeah. Jim you and I are, are, are students, uh, players of that game. Uh, it was Indeed. well done, and uh, it was great to see that woven in. And 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 quite honestly, it was great to read you know kind of a battle where it was being employed and. Uh, um, I think in alliances actually toward the end, didn't Vader fly one? I think now that I'm thinking he did. about it, he yes. did. And at the very end, he's like most impressive. <laughs> the emperor on behalf of this project. That you, happens. You need to do an audio, just voice an audio book with all these characters. I should be. I am an audio book. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. But uh, uh, yeah, you, you definitely you definitely get that. And would you also had that in the tie def- in the tie fighter game? You have Vader flying a tie defender around. Yeah, so that's another cool thing. You find out like the tie defender was invented by Zahn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. That was that was cool. Or at least it was predominantly used by him in first and tie fighter uh, yep. and then just everywhere else the star wars collectible card game had it um uh, and I, I started getting into games. the uh, the x-wing tabletop uh, dog fighting game with my son no way yes. dude i love love that you game. and ed play that i i thought i remember hearing you guys talk about it but i, we, I don't remember we do uh we okay. do whenever we remember to uh, okay it's just you know far away separate both of us have very busy families yeah yeah uh, and then COVID happened and all that stuff but we've been talking about trying to get get a night going again nice um yeah no, absolutely love it i collect the uh the rebel alliance and the empire yeah by default yep. the resistance and the uh, first order i tend very to stay cool. away from scum yeah yeah i uh i recently got a, a set where uh it has vader uh actually flying the tie defender you know he's one of the the pilots for the tie defender and then yeah, um, one of the cards Bolt, right. Bolt scaris uh who's another name that comes up in alliances and treason um yep, he's a pilot from that game mm-hmm. so. yeah they start pulling in a lot of rebels uh yeah, characters they do i mean once you realize like zan created ahsoka zan created rebels oh, uh, excuse me not zan uh filoni dave filoni yeah. right Dave Filoni created Rebels. He created Ahsoka. Dave Filoni has created all the characters from Rebels that Thrawn was interacting with. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of time where this is, and you know, I think Ahsoka is really going to be the explosion, hopefully, if you will, of us getting a whole lot of cool Thrawn. The uh, inflection that, that point. Material. Yeah, yep. the inflection point. Yep. I hope so because, I mean, the sequel trilogy is, it's all done and. Daisy Ridley and John Boyega doesn't seem like they're going to be rehired anytime soon for more Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Which is a damn shame. Um, uh, you know, cause we're waiting for Ryan Johnson to write his trilogy, but, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time right now where live action streaming is the way Yeah, and not big box theater, which I feel like Star Wars does the best at, right? Star mm-hmm. Wars is a movie theater show. Yeah. I am mm. curious to see when he does debut in Ahsoka and where they go from there, you know, where he's not a force sensitive, where he's more of a strategic, you know, kind of military kind of person, mm-hmm. how that plays with the overall audience as, as the main, you know, antagonist to maybe not just Ahsoka, maybe it becomes Mando, maybe it becomes, you know, a few other offshoots, you know, but, yeah. but if they start to build something around him, I think he's a great, just a great antagonist to build around, you know, at least I for, think for a so period. as well. He could be the next baddie, you know, yeah. because the emperor is gone. Snoke is gone. And, and it's a whole different feel now because the it emperor is gone. Way. Snoke is gone. The emperor is gone again. <laughs> and the emperor will be gone coming back and then gone again. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause you can't just, you can't get enough Palpatine. You know? <laughs> yeah, can't get enough Papa Pelps. You know? <laughs> All right. And any other thoughts on treason? Because I think I, I think from our discussion, I think we've all very much enjoyed the first book. I think the second book kind of worked for us a little bit. I think that like I enjoyed the third book. I mean, I, I don't know that I would say it more so than the first one, but I, I thought it I thought it rounded out, you know, the overall narrative pretty well. And mm. and kind of and I really like the ending, especially now understanding, you know, kind of where Rebels takes things. Um, 
that you know that that conversation between him and Palpatine, and you're you're kind of left wondering what's going to happen. And well, now he ends up disappearing for a period of time, and right, Palpatine, right, right. well, he goes down the shaft. So, oh well. Pretty but, much. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I had some, you know, I was picking nits as uh, yeah. the guys on stuff you should know stay. But uh, I uh, overall, like, I'm not going to poo poo on Timothy Zahn and him producing this amazing content for a beloved evil character that we all really enjoy reading mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah, we're going to be critical, sure. But, you know, yeah. ultimately, yeah. did I not like the book because of these small little shortfalls? I thought, no. It was fuck. It was absolutely beautiful and gorgeous, and it just makes me want to just take and want everything. Ah, yes. there it <laughs> is. <You know>? <laughs> Stellan <laughs> Skarsgård from Andor, best line in the whole series. Oh. Right there. They should have just give that man an Emmy just on that speech, Gosh. right there. Right, that whole show is just ridiculous. Oh my His monologue. Oh my god. His monologue was just. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah chef's kiss absolutely chef's kiss. that's right that's and right. ship phenomenal <laughs> oh the oh, ship yeah. is great i loved all of that loved it i just love finally seeing a, a tractor beam piece of hardware just get waylaid by something <laughs> just yeah well phenomenal it, it wasn't uh it wasn't lasers that would have be deflected off their deflectors right it was mm-hmm. just a uh uh a physical object. It was yeah. just throw a bunch of sharp metal objects and watch what happens. Yeah. And, and I love the sound. It was like, ting, 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 ting. <laughs> just takes yeah, the whole it's thing not, down. It's not, yeah, it's not energy. It's right. literally like super sharp. I'm just going to rip your shit apart kind of thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was, I loved it. it phenomenal. Great. Phenomenal. Well, all right. Well, gentlemen, I, I think we've adjudicated these three books uh, as, as much as we can. And uh, once again, Thrawn comes out uh, a winner, although, uh, Uncle Todd has has some issues, I believe, with uh, with with his. his, his <laughs> I just would like to see knowing ways, uh, if you will. He always comes out a winner. <laughs> Who likes to know it all? That's all I ask. <laughs> Who likes to know it all? Nobody. Nobody. Well, Jimmy, you're, thank you're you very blue. much for you're this. Like, you're the blue. Hey, Todd, my pleasure. With that. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed chatting with you guys, especially about uh, good old Star Wars. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Cheers. And another thing. All right, sir. What have you got for and another thing for this episode? Uh, my and another thing is actually uh, from last Saturday evening. Uh, this is the Saturday Night Live episode that was hosted by Pedro Pascal. So this would be February, the February fourth episode. Oh. Um, calling this one out mainly because, to be perfectly honest. Every sketch he's in, um, or, or just the show overall, was just a very strong show. Um, hmm. Part of what makes it really funny and, and engaging is um, there are a couple moments during, you know, um, I think it was like two, maybe three sketches, where he starts to break a little bit, and it just kind of ripples a little bit around the crowd. There's definitely, like toward the end of the episode, there is a hilarious, hilarious sketch uh, pertaining to, well... Something near to my heart. Well done, meat. But uh, nonetheless, um, 
it, it, it results in like no one survives the sketch. Everyone breaks in some way, shape or form. And the crowd just loves it. And, and he is hysterical. They're, they're all just really funny. And, and so it, it was just, it was a really just uncharacteristically solid episode of, of Saturday Night Live, uh, with, with him hosting. And so, uh, so I would just highly recommend it. Do check it out. Uh, it's probably on the Peacock for, uh, you know, past viewing and, uh, yeah, check it out. The Mandalorian who knew would, uh, Bring the chuckles. Well, I knew. Actually, I didn't know. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> and what is yours, sir? Um, mine is something that I watched, uh, started watching the other night with uh, with my wife. And it's a documentary, which was the remarkable thing, because my, my wife is not as much of it. She's not a documentary fanatic like I am. Although I've managed to, like, just I kind of start watching something, and then she'll get sucked in a little bit. Mm. Um this is probably one of those cases. Uh, this is a Bill Russell legend on Netflix. It's a two parts uh, documentary. I've only watched the first part so far. What I've seen is absolutely excellent. Uh, the way that they they bring in archival footage of Russell, of uh, old interviews with mm. folks who have, of course, passed on, but then also bring in uh, present day interviews with with the with some of his remaining teammates, uh, some of his teammates who are still with us. And also even, uh, you know, Steph Curry, uh, some you know current players as well, just talking about Russell and talking about the, the people that he played against, like Wilt Chamberlain, guys like that. And, and just it's nice to hear from present day players who understand the, that history and understand who these who these people were, these players were and just how good they were. Yeah. And like acknowledging yeah. like this guy was unreal you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and also getting into, you know, just what he had to face and what he went through in terms of, um, his playing career, you know, his life growing up, all of that and what, what his real history was, because I, I thought I knew quite a bit about Bill Russell, you know, just from, you know, reading different articles and things like that, but oh my gosh, uh, mm. this just took it to a whole new level. And, and, you know, I'm, definitely looking forward to reading uh some of his books and things like that and uh just a fantastic overview of quite possibly the greatest winner in professional sports history yeah um more rings than fingers uh and (laughs) and just a phenomenal uh determined focused athlete yeah um and I think it was, I think it's great the way that they kind of start off when they talk about Bill Russell, like he could control a game and win a game without scoring a point. Mm. And you almost are like, who can do that? And then one of the, one of his finals games where he had 30 points, 20 rebounds or <laughs> something. It was, it was even more than that. I don't know. It might've been crazier than that, but I mean, it's just some of the stuff that you just realize is just what this man accomplished yeah. and how he elevated his teammates and, and also kind of just seeing what that team meant to each other, mm-hmm. but also knowing like even as much of part of the team he was, he still kind of felt like he, he couldn't really talk to his teammates, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a fascinating watch. I highly recommend it. Uh, I can't wait to see the second part. Nice. I'll have to check that out. That sounds really good. Indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us. It is now time for us to pack up. Uh, it feels really weird to be doing this outro after only recording for a few minutes here, it feels like. <laughs> so just bear with it's me. But two we, hours. It's, it feels wrong. <laughs> I know. I feel like I haven't even warmed up. 
I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but thank you so much for tuning in, for for downloading. We so appreciate it. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed, as always, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, go to freerangeedc.com. You can find all of our episodes there. You can download them individually, or you can just subscribe, and you can subscribe right there through the Podbean app. You can also find us on pod, uh, podcast purveyors of all kinds all around the world. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, whatever the Amazon Alexa thing is. Uh, we're on Google Podcasts, all kinds of places. Search for Free Range EDC, you'll find us. We're also on social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on the YouTubes. Uh, we used to be on Twitter, but F Twitter and the Mollusk. Um, you can find us uh, by email. By email, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, electronic mail. This is the wave of the future. Actually, a really great uh, uh, bit from the last night when we went out to dinner. Uh, my wife was saying how she had just messaged our daughter and she mistakenly said email instead of text. And mm. everyone at the table simultaneously said email. Like, and I was like, why don't you send her a postcard? I mean, you're sending that to a teenager. That's my, you might as well send airmail. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't answer email like that. That's, that doesn't happen. Anyways, but you can email us, uh, Tim at freerangeedc.com with any questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas for shows. And he will get back to you post haste, if not sooner. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for me to shut my yapper and turn this show over to the least idiotic of the two idiots who is on this show. Now, granted, that is a low bar to clear when you're talking about me. However, this man clears it with with room to spare, even after a meal like he had the other night. <laughs> um, but not before I uh, I ask the second most important question in all of human history. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being, the hell did we learn this show, sir? Uh, we learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. Uh, we learned that uh, even if we have to break an episode up across two weeks to record, we will somehow pull it off. And, and probably do it shabbily, but yes. We well, I don't know about that. I think it'll be, uh, once again, a fine production by Uncle Todd. Uh, we have also learned that uh, Uncle Todd and the man they called him, uh, men about the town, having some dinners, enjoying uh, some of the finer things, and uh, being surprised by the bill at the end. So. Just <laughs> reducing the, 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 uh, the population of cows on this planet, little by little, doing our part. <laughs> Yeah, gotta watch out, man. Those cows oh, will take over. Absolutely. We are, we are doing our part to, to manage the herd. Absolutely. And we've also learned, coming right out of the mouth from Jimmy Dice, this is the year of the blue. Looking forward to Thrawn. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, that's right. Looking forward to Thrawn. Live action debut. Most likely mm-hmm. Ahsoka. So stay tuned. Enjoy the Mandalorian. But buckle up for Ahsoka because we're going to get the man in the flesh. Finally. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Seen, heard, smell, 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 all the good stuff. Can't, can't, can't say any more than that because it usually <laughs> goes downhill real quick from there. Uh, well, with all that being said, uh, we again thank you for uh, your listenership and uh, we'll now depart. Uh, so as we like to close things. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. And a big thank you to Jimmy Dice, oh, who is sorry. kind yes. enough to come on the show. And, and, thank and you. And to lend his expertise to us humble idiots and to educate us. Yes. In the ways of Thrawn and Star Indeed. Thank you for the time, sir, and the uh, fine conversation over a worthy topic that is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Sure, sure. 
All right. And now to close out, as we like to uh, end things, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, well, both of us have been out for extravagant meals this weekend, so please hit the lights on the way out. <laughs> it's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Do it. Hi. <laughs> Want to hand me the mic? Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Car. Um, what number are we? Five five. Car fifty-five. Um, we're in a truck. <laughs> you give me my cheese whiz, boy. Damn! Take me out, coach. Oh, we ain't gonna talk about this. Take me out. It's talk- my turn. It is. You told me it was my turn. You can talk all that you want hey, to, hey, yell and scream. Okay, you're lost. it is my you're turn. You lost the game. It's my turn. Take as long as you want. You're still lost. Where's my snack pack? You've got a banana. You don't need no snack pack. You know I like snack pack. Why can't you just give me a snack pack? I thought that was your snack pack. What are you talking about? Nothing. Bill, you're gonna miss the bus. Yeah, you better get your beautiful bugs up that driveway. What a weirdo. <laughs> you're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. I can't even tell you how how funny it is to me every week that you end the show by saying, be healthy after you eat like a wheelbarrow full of meat. <laughs> telling you, man, my cholesterol is never better. <laughs> okay, so it isn't mayo, but it's probably ranch dressing. <laughs> Maybe chunky blue cheese. You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, just dial it back a little bit. You know? All right. All right. He's somewhat healthy. Maybe I'll eat, you know, instead of 32 ounces, we'll we'll drop it down to like 16 ounce something or other. I don't know. We'll see. Wow. That's dry. I don't know. You might get Maybe an eight ounce filet or something like that. You might get withdrawal with that. <laughs> Can I have another? <laughs> Be, be working the be working the dinner table like blackjack. Hit me, <laughs> hit me again, <laughs> sir. We, sir, we don't do that. <laughs> and by the way, would you would you please put your pants on again? <laughs> now get the hell out of here.